destroyed every yoke of bondage. And we thank you, Father God, that greater are you that is in us than he that is in the world. And we give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. How many remember what Pastor taught on last week? Anybody? <coughs> right. Did you all have joy and glory? How many operated in it this week? Some did, some didn't, some kind of did, others didn't, whatever. We have, an, we have a choice, and it's ours, to walk in joy and or not walk in joy, and I'm hanging myself. You know what? There are days that you just might want to just sit and laugh, so I might just teach on joy. Are we ready now? Okay, those of you that are, I told to pray, pray. I'm going to find exactly what I'm looking for. And I have a whole sermon up here and it's not coming up, so. Bring them out. The glory and the honor. I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. Holy Spirit, I am asking you to minister through me what you desire ministered. And I thank you for the anointing that has already destroyed every yoke of bondage, and I bind every demonic spirit, every principality and power, every spirit of confusion, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's turn to Psalms 4.8. Anyone grab those? I might need those. Oh boy. How many know the devil comes to church too? I'm not calling you a bunch of devils. <laughs> oh no. You Jesus God. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makes me dwell in safety. I will lay me down. Sounds like that. Thing I used to say, now I lay me down to sleep. I wonder if that's, this is where they tried to get that one that scares you spitless when you're a kid. If I die before I wake. What a thing to have a kid recite, you know? 
In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you, Lord, alone make me dwell in safety and confident trust. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to go to Luke 1, 78 and 79. This is on joy and peace. And I'll tell you, we need it. I mean, know that. Things are changing. There are a lot of things that are going to be changing, and we are going to have to be able to adapt to whatever, as you noticed this morning, whatever change takes place. We've got to become adaptable. We've got to become ready in season and out of season. Amen? Prepared, ready for whatever the enemy tries to throw in your face. And trust me, he will try to. He will. He'll try to do it. As you see this morning. Because of, through the heart of tender mercy and loving kindness of our God, a light from on high will dawn upon us to shine and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of de death and to direct and guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace. He desires to direct, to lead ourselves, lead us into peace. If you're not being led into peace, then stop, back up, and find out what's going on. If peace is not where, where what you're dealing with, if there's something that's not right, then you need to stop and find out where it is. So let's read this again. Because, well, let's go up a little bit. To bring, in verse 77, to bring and give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness and remission of their sins. Because of and through the heart of tender mercy and loving kindness of our God, a light from on high will dawn upon us and visit us to shine upon and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadows of death to direct and guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace. And the little boy grew and, become, and became strong in spirit and he was in the desert's wilderness until the day of his appearing to Israel the commencement of his public ministry. Hallelujah. Do you know that constantly in Jesus' life, the enemy was trying to kill him? Constantly. You know, there are some people that um, constantly, the enemy hates them so much, he's constantly trying to kill them or cause accidents or whatever. But you know what? He can't do it. You know, unless, unless you decide that you're ready to go home, he can't do it. You say, are you kidding? That's what the word says. Okay, let's go to um, Luke 2, 13 and 14. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his word. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, 
goodwill towards man. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, and the Lord hath made known unto us. And of course, they found the baby. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, church. God has given us the peace. Jesus said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but my peace do I give you. So if you're not having peace, the sermon I was going to do is on healing, but evidently there are some people here that need peace. Amen? So we'll go for it. Romans 8, 6. I love the, this chapter of Romans. Let's read it. Let's go from chapter uh, verse 1, and I'm going to go on down. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. Therefore, there is now no condemnation nor adjuring, guilty or wrong, for those who are in Christ who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me, has freed you from the law of sin and death. Freed you. You've been freed. You know, have you ever been, um, I have a brother that used to like to, um, he was mean. And he used to like to hold me down, the middle one. Anyway. And lock me in, in the closet. He used to babysit and he would lock me in the closet and do things that um, an older brother shouldn't do. Okay? Seriously. And because of that, I dealt with fear because of the things he did. And the sad thing is, when he grew up, there wasn't a lot that changed. You know, that was, that was embedded in him, and he could have changed. But let's, let's, let's read on here. So we have been freed from the law of sin and death. Amen? He has freed us. So once he moved out of the house, I felt like I'd been freed. He's the one I told you about that um, my mom expected to be average. I don't know how they grade now, but that's, that was the rules. If you didn't get one, you were grounded till the next report card. She, she was, my mom was tough, man, and my brother came home, and he had flunked several of his um, courses, and she told him, next quarter, if you don't pull your grades up, and if you do not have a B average, you are going into the service. And um, I thought, this is going to be real interesting. He didn't. She looked at him that day, and she said, what branch do you like? Because we're going down right now and we're signing up. And he picked the Air Force and he was gone. Changed his life um, quite a bit. I will admit that's exactly what he needed. So let's move on here. So from, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. 
freed me. Say that, freed me. I've been freed from the law of sin and death. Praise you, Jesus. For God has done what the flesh could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire human nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice so that the righteousness and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh but in the ways of the spirit our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh but controlled by the holy spirit I want you to tell yourself, you know, there are times when you have to literally tell yourself, you're not going to do that. You're not going to eat that. You're not, you don't want that. I don't know. Sometimes if you're with me, you'll hear me um, telling myself, it's good. You're not going to, you're not, you don't have that power. You've not been given that power. And so these are things that we need to learn. We're learning on confession I had a whole sermon on it, but it will be here next Sunday. Trust me. It will be on paper next Sunday. But realize that you have been given the power. Confession brings possession. So when we learn to confess out of our mouths the things that God says about us, instead of the things that the world says or the things that we think. When we learn to confess out of our mouth the things that he has said, we will change. And it will be a change overnight if we continually confess those things. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am a conqueror through Christ Jesus. The greater one indwells me. If you, I, I posted it on my page if, oh, a couple weeks ago. If every one of you would take a half hour a day and just sit, take it out every day, same time, pick it, pick it in your schedule. If you have to set the alarm clock, whatever, I didn't put that, but every day and confess every scripture that you know, that you meditate on, that you have learned out of your mouth and begin to learn more you will become powerful with every week. You will find more and more and more power of God operating through your life. Hallelujah. And that's what we want. That's what that in this time, in this age that we live in, I truly believe there will be a revival, a healing revival. And, and I believe it will be on those that have committed themselves to the word of God and they have allowed the word of God to become a part of them and they can see it in their spirit because they have meditated on the word of God and it has become a part of them and they're just ready to go forth and do the works that, of Jesus Christ because he said, greater works than me shall you do for I go to the Father. We don't have time to mess around with demons and things and the things of the flesh anymore. We need to become prepared, mighty men and women of God, mighty warriors. Hallelujah. And you, you've got to see, number one, see yourself there. Number two, 
write down the things that you need to change in yourself and then do them and prepare for what God has for you to do. I will tell you, you will begin to see raises coming your way. Money will be handed to you. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. You know, people get upset when prosperity scriptures are given. You know, I was reading last night in, in my Bible reading that, and Pastor and I were talking about that, and it talked about those that give grudgingly. You know, there are those that hear grudgingly. You aware of that? There are those that hear the word grudgingly. When something comes that they, that they don't want to quit doing, they become angry. How many know that? Have you ever heard something and it hits you and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it now. When you're a child, if you lived in our home, you got, you, you're going to do it. <laughs> One way or another, you're going to do it. If you live in the, under this roof, you're going to do it. And so... Every time there came the discipline, I had to, it took an hour to discipline the child. Because I would go through all the scriptures, they'd get, I'd tell them why you're getting this. What did you do? You're going to have to ask the person to forgive you. I mean, it took, I, I tell you, I didn't like, it made me mad to have to do this. So our law in the house, these are the laws, these are the rules, this is the way it is. Now you know, you have one chance, if you break it, I'm not even going to talk to you, just plan on going to the room. And I had one that every day went to the room, every day went to the room and would just bend over his bed. I'm like, can't you get it? One tried to put a book in there, right? How can you, don't you think we know there's a book back there? Are you kidding? <laughs> Put their hands, do whatever. Go on in. They, there was one that learned the position. Let's move on. Well, that's how some of God's kids are. I hate to say that, but they be, when you hear something or I hear something, and I don't want to obey that thing that I've heard, I become hardened in my heart. You become hardened. And that, that is not a good place to be. Thank you, Jesus, for changing this sermon. Whatever, I guess this is what you want, so we'll go for it today. So, for God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of a sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He literally became an offering for my sin. Hallelujah. God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it, and its power over all who accept the sacrifice. So, he has given you power over sin. It says that in, in Peter, 1 Peter 2. 
Why would we want to, why would, what is sin? You know, missing the mark. Sin. It's missing the mark. If the word says don't do it, don't do it. But this is what Jesus feels about sin because of the price he paid. 1 Peter 2. We are now on a whole different program. 2. 24. He personally bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You know, you, we, me, I'll use, I am dead to sin unless I choose to step out of that death to sin and become alive unto it again. This is how the Lord sees us, dead to sin. You're dead unless you choose by an act of your will to step out and do the thing that you have been freed from or know better to do. Just think about this. So that the righteousness and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. So we are called to live and move in the ways of the spirit, not in the ways of the flesh. The price was paid for us to live in the spirit and not in the ways of the flesh. That's exciting. If you're born again, the natural way for you to live, the natural, what's inside of you is to live in the spirit and not after the dictates of the flesh. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's normal to God. Okay, we need to see, you know, we live in a world where there is so much that, that, that everything tells us this is normal. The sad thing is the body of Christ has become very, very calloused in what used to be holiness and has moved into, into a sin-conscious, sin-doing, sin-thinking body of Christ. I don't know. My sermon was not this, but this is what we get in today. So thank God. Look at God and just say, thank you, Jesus. We all need it. Because this isn't even on my notes. Praise you, Jesus. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by unholy desires, set, listen to this, set their minds on set their minds on and per pursue those things which gratify the flesh. So this is where 2 Corinthians 10.5 is so important to me. Casting down imaginations and reasonings. Casting down reasonings and imaginations and thought patterns of your old nature. And go turn there. Just keep your hand in Romans because we're going to stay there till God says get out of there. So there goes that one. There goes these two.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Where did I say to go? Thank you. Some of you are thinking, I don't like this. Well, I personally wanted to do the other one that's over here, but this is what God wants. So if you get upset, get upset with him, not me. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Inasmuch Amplified 5, as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. When, you, when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus is coming soon, church. This is not the time to play around. There will be those that have decided they want to continue doing the things of the world and the things of the flesh that I truly believe, and I can prove it through scripture, that will be left here. This is not a total... Um, saved by grace and you can go out and do whatever you want. That is not what the word of God says. We are so close. The rapture could come tonight, tomorrow or whatever. And so we need to really think about some of these things, you know. Like I've said long ago, I'm not going to hell for anybody. I'm not going to stay here after the rapture for anybody. There's not one person on this earth, person, place, thing, or whatever, that is worth that to me. And I love him very much, but he ain't worth it to me to stay here. And he's not going to stay either. But I'm just being honest. And we've had this discussion years ago when I got saved. If you backslide, you're on your own. If I backslide, I'm on my own. So we'll move back to Romans. See, this, you're harsh. No. I've read too much about hell. I'm not going there. Say, are you, are, you, are you putting fairness? No. I'm telling you guys, this is it. All right, where'd we stop? Let's go to four. So the righteousness and just requirement of the law might be made fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh but in the ways of the spirit our lives governed not by standards and according to the dictates of the flesh but controlled by the Holy Spirit constantly learn to tell yourself you are controlled by the Holy Spirit amen you're controlled by the Holy Spirit Say that, I'm controlled by the Holy Ghost. When things try to come at you that are trying to get you off base and what you know, tell yourself, I am controlled by the Holy Spirit. 
Think of yourself being totally controlled by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death, death that compromises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace from now, both now and forever. Notice he says, soul peace. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Soul peace. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Seek those things that gratify the Holy Spirit. Verse 5. Set your minds on and pursue those things which... which it, stop. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds and pursue the things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death, death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin. Do you know, any time that I have gotten out of the covering and I've yielded myself over to something, you say, you've done that? Of course. We all have. I do not have soul peace at all. But I will tell you, there is a place where when you continue in something, there are steps and I've taught the sermon on it. I think, believe it's five steps backwards. There's five steps. I think it's five steps of progression in the things of the Spirit. And then there are the five steps that lead to backsliding. Okay. God, my pastor knows this is not what I was going to teach today. All right, here we go. Now the mind, verse 6, of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that com comprises all the miseries arising from sin. How many know there's miseries that arise from sin? It says sin is fun for a season. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That is because the mind and the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God, verse 7, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So that those who are living the life of the flesh cater to the appetites and impulses of the carnal nature, which cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. But you are not living the life of the flesh. This is for all of us. We are not living the life of the flesh. If you've been born again, this is how God sees you and you need to see yourself. You are not living. I am not living the life of the flesh. I'm not. You need to close your eyes and see that. I'm, I am separated from this. There's this 
kill, steal, and destroy, and life and life more abundantly. That's living the life of God. Amen? So we're not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit if the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, dictates and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his, he does not belong to Christ, is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your, nature, your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the Spirit is alive because of the righteousness that imputes to you, that he imputes to you. He imputes righteousness to you. What is righteous and right standing? Jesus Christ is on the right hand of God, interceding for us daily. Daily. Think about this. He sent the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us and teach us. And when we start to, to go up, he, he's there to direct us, to guide us, to teach us. God's word says there will always be a way of escape out of anything. Hallelujah. So I want you to think about this. God in his word always makes a way of escape for us. And I've seen him do it. Thank you, Jesus. And verse 11, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ from the dead will also restore to your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Glory to God. Then he goes on to say, So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death, now listen to this. He didn't say this was something like, boom, you're saved and you're changed overnight. You're changing your spirit. But there is a soul that has run rampant thought life that has run rampant and done its own thing for a long time. Some people didn't, you know, it's interesting. And I heard some, there was, Jack Hayford wrote a book on that. And he shared about people in his church that, came in and had not really, they had not really lived anything bad in their lives. And so for them, it was easy for them to just walk after the, the dictates of the Spirit. But for those that had allowed their self to be in rebellion, and I'll be honest, I was one of those, it took longer and it was harder. I mean, I had to apply and still do the word of God to my life to keep that stuff slapped down. I mean, once you're over it, like I've told you before, the enemy usually will not bring something new in your life. He will bring the same thing over and over and over again. And so that's where you have to be on guard and be prepared and know, wait, 
This is an area. You know, when you have a tire, the Lord's showing me this. When you have a tire and it gets a weak spot in that tire, how many know what I'm talking about? Okay. It gets a weak spot. Well, you kind of have to watch that tire because if it's going to blow, it's usually going to blow in that weak spot. Well, that's how when we've allowed ourselves and yielded ourselves knowingly, when we know that something isn't right, it becomes easier to do and harder to stop. So you have to back it up. Am I making any sense here? I'll just close my eyes and preach. It's easier at this point. Okay. So it's like these little areas that were worn, they need to be completely restored. And that's what the word of God does. He restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Let's turn there a minute. Psalms 23. Think if today they came in and took your Bibles, how much would you know? Could you live off of what you know? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. I like the, I am fought to feed, guide, and shield me. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender paths. Fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Hallelujah. So let's go back to Romans. Thank you, Jesus. For if Christ lives in you, then although your nature body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness, verse 10, that he imputes to you. He's imputing righteousness to you constantly. Hallelujah. You know, thank God. I'm going to say this. Thank God in this, in this time, in this hour, we know the Holy Ghost, that we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you're not, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. For the Spirit knoweth your infirmities, your body frailties, your mind weaknesses. He knows them. That's why when you pray in the Holy Ghost, building yourselves up, most praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. Let's go there. I know we're bouncing around, but whatever. I'll go wherever God says to go. Trust me, I have gone in some places that God has told me to go. That I said, are you sure? <laughs> but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, 
make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, you rise higher and higher and higher, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You know, there's a place that God wants us to be where if someone needs tax money, the anointing is there to say, go to the fish, go catch a fish. Matter of fact, the fish will come to them. There's a place like the blind man that we heard about this morning that Jesus spit on the ground, made spittle, put it on his eyes. How many times did they ask him, how did you get healed? They didn't believe it. But we in this church have been called to operate in the things that God has spoken of in the word that Jesus Christ did. Not all churches are, into, are, are there. I'm not saying we're better. This is just what God has called us to do. It's a privilege to be called into that position. And so he's preparing us to be ready when he says, go, do, lay hands on that person. Go forth and set the captive. You don't have to do some loud old prayer. All you have to do is go lay hands on them. Just lay hands on them. Unless God tells you to. But he's, we're, we're coming into a place where the Spirit of God wants to move. And like Brother Hagin said, there will only be a remnant of Word of Faith people praying in the church the closer we come to the coming of the Lord. And this is the truth. I hate to say this, but this is the truth. There's only a remnant Praise you, Jesus. Remember, they all left Jesus, but 12. Everybody, everybody left. Talk about a clearing out of, a, of a thousands of people church. You think that bothered him? Do you think he had to deal with in his flesh? Do you think he had to bring his thoughts immediately even though he knew this was going to happen, because he was tempted in every area that we are. And there are some things I've never been tempted in, and you've never been tempted in, but Jesus was, and he overcame it. How? Because he knew the Word of God, and he operated in the Word. He operated as, he was a man. He had to operate as a man here on the earth. And he is calling the body of Christ who will dare to, to build themselves up and prepare and be ready. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, because I'm going to tell you, when we come back after the seven years wedding supper, and we come back with him, we're going to be called on this earth to rule and reign with him. And I just don't want one person to rule and reign over because I don't know that much or because of what I did here. You say, well, I don't know if what you're saying is true. doesn't matter, but it's what the Word says. We will come back and we'll rule and reign with Him. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you for this. Praise you for, for 
preparing us and getting us ready for what you have in store in this country. For getting us prepared and ready to be able to go through whatever we need to go through because we are ready and prepared. Praise you, Father. For if you are living according to the dictates of the flesh, 13, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. So he's telling everybody this. He's not just picking one out or another out or whatever. He's telling everybody this. Everybody. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For, this, for the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. I'm going to tell you, if you are fearful about something that you are doing, if you are fearful about something that you're doing, and it's in the Word of God, it says it's wrong, stop. And if you can't stop, then go to Pastor and I, and we will sit down with you and do whatever it takes. Go to God first, but come and we'll do whatever it takes to get you set free. I'm not, I will stay up all night for a week with a person if need be. Thank God that there were people when I needed help that were willing to be there for me. I'm being honest. Okay? For all who are led by the Spirit of, Son, of God are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, glory to God. Abba, Father, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. If there's fear, if you're in fear and torment, God wants you set free from that fear and torment. There is nothing worse than fear and torment. I'm going to tell you that is not what is given to a child of the Most High God that is born again believer. Now, Peter. All right. We all know Peter. Peter like to say 2nd Peter chapter 1 Simon Peter a sermon a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ that's us amen grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according to his divine power hath given unto you and me all things that pertain unto life 
in godliness and through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. So you have been given all things. It's already been given to you. It's been handed over to you. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's yours. If the devil tries to tell you different, you tell him you're a liar. If he tries to get you to go back to your old way, you're a liar. I don't have to. I have been given all, all things have been given unto me, made available to me unto life and godliness. Think of that. Just meditate on this. Whereby, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, for whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So without the word, without the promises, it's, it's almost impossible because you have to, you've got to have the word. It's almost impossible to walk in the fullness. Well, you can't if you don't have the word. A lot of people are really imbalanced. They pray a lot, but they don't have, they, they're not balanced. You need to be balanced. As much as you pray, you need to have the word. There's a balance there. Okay. Great and precious promise by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. So God knew there was going to be a lot of lust and a lot of corruption in the world that we are living in. How many know that? How many know it? People say they go to work and it's crazy now. People, you just go to the store and it's crazy. Just drive out there and it's crazy. Okay, and besides five, this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue, what's virtue? For this re very reason, adding to your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellent resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, Develop knowledge, intelligence. Develop it. Knowledge is something that you develop. It's something developed. You know, when it says to train up a child in the way they should go, you have to show them. It takes, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Well, to train up a Christian, it takes time. It takes effort. And if, if it's a constant growing period until we get to heaven, because the Bible says from glory to glory, he's changing us. Thank God. Oh. Six, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. Wow, self-control. In other words, the things you get upset so quickly about, stop it. Lying, stop it. Control yourself. 
and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. Patience and endurance. That's a hard one. Patience and endurance. Oh, goodness, Lord. And in exercising steadfast, develop godliness, piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful until the full personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Praise you, Father. It says, For if these be in you, verse 8, and abound, they make you that they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So this is a pattern that we are to, to develop. This is a pattern that we need to see. This is something that if you have children, you need to teach them so they can understand this. You know, it's like um, I knew a house cleaner and she kept going through people. And the, the reason why she kept going through people and losing her jobs is because she didn't train the people how to clean the houses. Wouldn't that make sense if you're going to have a business that you would train those that are under you exactly how to do things? Because some people don't know how to clean houses. I'm being honest. Shocking. But they don't. Some people don't know how to cook. I thought that, that pork chops were supposed to be rare. Dear Lord, my poor ex-husband, he's lucky I didn't kill him. <laughs> Just the cooking alone. Pastor got blessed by the time he got around. At least I knew how to cook everything but rice. One time I cooked rice for him and it was minute rice. You don't make an Asian minute rice. He looked at me and said, what's this? It's rice. Remember those packets that they used to have? You just put them in the water and then you open them up. It's rice. This isn't rice. Yes, it's rice. So he had to, tra he had to train me how to make rice. How I many you know how the Filipinos make rice? Now, I don't get it. But they put the rice in, and then they stick their finger in it. Now, look at your, everybody look at your fingers. They're not all the same length. Right? But that's how they do it, and it comes out sticky rice all the time. I couldn't get it. I just measured by the cup and did it, and it came out fine. But he had to train me to learn how to cook rice. So that's what we need to do. We need to train ourselves on how to, and this Peter's get, telling us how to, thank God, how to get from one point to the point down here that says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren 
nor unfruitful in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's telling us, if anybody knew how to do this, it was Peter. Get mad, chop off someone's ear. Deny Christ three times. Yell, scream, whatever. If anybody, if anybody knew how to do this, it was Peter. In one place in 2 Peter, he talks about Paul and the writings of Paul and, and why Paul wrote these things. But we need to learn these things so we can completely be fruitful in everything we do. Church, there's little time. He's saying, speed it up, move it, get it moving, get the people prepared, get them ready. Ready for what? Ready to be mighty warriors in the army of God in this hour. Ready to be able to go out and teach those that do not understand the word of God. Because God doesn't want anybody lost. He, didn't want to, he, he did not make hell for people, for, for people to go to. So I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Because without you, I can do nothing. I'm the first to admit it. Without you in the Word, I'm nothing. I'm going to ask if anybody's here today and you do not know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you'll raise your hand so I can pray with you. Or if you're here and you're backslidden and you need to come back to God, I'm going to ask everybody to please keep your eyes closed. If there's anybody here that's dealing with fear, if you would raise your hands. Okay, let's all pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of fear. For you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, and love and a sound mind and I thank you God that greater are you that's in me than he that's in the world now I'm going to pray this Father I just pray over those that are dealing with this I thank you God that they're healed and delivered in the name of Jesus I pray Father God that we will heed the scriptures that you've given us today in, in areas that maybe the enemy is harassing and attacking us in. My prayer for each person is that you, God, will heal and complete the work that you've begun in each one of us and that we will take these scriptures and we will 
take them one by one and ask you to reveal to us by your spirit areas that need to be worked on, areas so we can go on to the next step, so we can go into every aspect that has been taught this morning and walk totally free from even the harassment of the enemy. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Now, if you need healing, if you need hands laid on you, come on up and pastor will lay hands on you. Heather, if you'll just put on some very soft music. My prayer for every one of us, every one of you, is that, is that the glory of God be manifested. His very presence be manifested in your lives daily, that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Many of you are going through things that you never thought would be possible. But one thing the Lord wants you to know is he has already made the way for you to walk in it and step through it. And you are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. And he will complete that work in you if you just yield yourself over to him and allow him to do it. So no one needs prayer. You want to come up and close, dear? Okay. Um, Christine, can you go out and greet Donna out there and introduce her to people? I'd appreciate that. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, God, that as we read your word, we become doers of your word and not hearers only. And we thank you, God, that this week, as we walk through areas, wow, there are some that are going to walk through some, some difficult times, but because of the word that you heard today, God was, the Holy Spirit's going to bring these scriptures back to you, and you're going to know how to wield the sword of the Spirit in these areas and speak those things that you need into existence. So just don't even get frustrated or flustered or don't even begin to become fearful. God has already prepared the path and the way for you. So we praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Bless each one. Make this the best year and week and year of their life. And we thank you, God. I thank you for each one of these people. I thank you for each one of your children. I ask you to bless them. They're your very best, and I praise you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.